0: Welcome back to The Dear Prudence Show. I, as always, am Dear Prudence, uh, also known as Mallory Ortberg, and I'm excited for you to take this journey with me yet again. We have a great guest in the studio today that I'm going to get to in just a minute. But first, I want to talk about a couple of great letters I've gotten this week. Uh, these letters have been impassioned. These letters have been strident. These letters have been strongly worded. These letters have been about Cots. Uh, readers of the column might remember that last week we got a letter from a woman who had lent a cot to a good friend of hers. It was built by, I believe, her late grandfather. It was a bit of a family heirloom. She had agreed with her beforehand, you know, after your son outgrows the cot, you'll give it back. So far, so good. Uh, But then, unfortunately, this friend's son died, tragically, very young. Um, She belongs to a religious tradition that... um, usually after someone dies, their possessions are burned um, to sort of mark their passing and to honor their their life and death. Uh, and the letter writer is worried the cot will be among those possessions uh, and wanted to know, you know, this has a lot of sentimental value. Is there a way that I can ask for it back? And, oh, man, I thought about that one for a while. And I just kept thinking, how would I advise her to phrase that question in a way that did not add to this woman's suffering and grief? And I couldn't come up with one. So I had to come down to, on the side of I don't think you can ask for it back. It, you know, I, I feel for you. I understand that people feel really strongly about family heirlooms, but I think even if you lend something out to someone with the understanding that they will give it back, you know, if their child dies, that kind of supersedes the emotional claim that you have on that item, like in a way that belongs to her and her family now more than it did to you. Um, and I just don't know how you can say to a woman who's just lost her child, I really want this bed back, um, if it's important to her to do that. Um, I-, I feel pretty pretty solidly about this one, but I got like four letters, several of which were in all caps, that were just like, fuck everything, get that bed. Um, and I just uh, I just found it kind of remarkable. Um, and, and I would love—none none of those people, uh, unfortunately, were able to suggest how you would go about doing it. They just said she should. Um, so if someone can provide me with language that you think would be supportive, loving— uh, appropriately respectful of the grief and loss and horror that comes with losing your young child, um, you know, send it in. I'll take a look at it, and and if it seems uh, workable, I will I will update my answer. But I just don't think that such a script exists. I think um, sometimes in life you have to let possessions uh, fall a little bit uh, below people, and this is probably one of those cases. Um, but I welcome your input. Uh, Yeah, that's all. That's all. I I don't even know how to transition out of that one. That one just feels like such a no-brainer to me uh, that I don't have a great uh, segue, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, We've got a guest in the studio this week, Saladin Ahmed. Uh, Hello. You are calling from Michigan. How are you?
1: I am good. How are you doing?
0: I am fantastic. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, you and I, I feel like, have been pals from the internet for a long time, um, yes. but only met this... Was it last year?
1: I guess it was... I Well, no, it was early this year, I think. I think it was like in It was the, early this year. Er, er, early part of this year, before it got warm and then stopped being warm.
0: Well, I feel like I've known you for a hundred years, so... Well, you know, take that as you will. But um, you and I had such a fabulous time at a, at a conference where we skipped out on several occasions to go to Chili's and McDonald's and basically just drive around eating garbage, feeling like dirtbags. That um, <laughs> I kind of school. knew, was nice. <laughs> yes, I knew, yeah, we're going to get out of this town, man. My mom doesn't <laughs> understand me. Uh, and I knew I was going to have to get you on the show because I felt like when we were sitting in that Chili's, we were sort of solving the world's problems already. Yes, um, yeah. And now you're here helping me do that.
1: And happy to be.
0: I got a fabulous email from you last night berating me for the questions that I sent you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I wondered whether these were sort of just representative or if you kind of pick out these particular kind of horrible trends. But I guess we'll get to that. I,
0: I... Honestly, honestly, honestly was not trying to give you, like, the heaviest, most (laughs) divorce-related questions, I promise. Uh, But it happened. Some weeks are just really heavy. There's no questions that are, like, fun about, like, a, I don't know, like a mysterious goat that turns into a (laughs) wizard. I never get questions like that, unfortunately. So I totally have to
1: adopt a persona and send you a question about a mysterious goat.
0: I wish that you would. Frankly, I mean, you you know, you write like sci-fi and speculative fict. Like, I feel like you are uniquely situated to write to me about an enchanted goat. But in the meantime, we have no goats, we have no wizards, we have no magic, we have only uh, financial dilemmas and heartbreak. Mm. Uh, you wanna you wanna start tackling them?
1: Yeah, let's do it. We can handle this.
0: Fabulous. All right, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read our first letter, which is just titled "Financial Dilemma." I have decided to leave my partner of thirteen years. The issue is that she earns three times as much as me. We're great with money, saving up to 65% of our take-home income. I would like to wait another six months to tell her I am leaving due to a certain savings goal we will achieve at that time. It would take me years to save that much on my own, and we will be splitting the savings. Is it unethical of me to keep my decision a secret for financial gain? If it matters, I'm not leaving because of any duress, but rather a death of passion and curiosity. I'm not interested in spending the rest of my life in front of a TV every night not talking.
1: Woo! <laughs> this is
0: bracing. This is like an espresso shot.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, do you start or do I? <laughs> uh,
0: you. When you ask that question, that means I'll start because that, that makes me think that I don't want to throw you in before you've been able to marshal your thoughts. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh no, 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 I have I have thoughts. Hit me uh, with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I think so the the first sentence or somewhere around the first sentence there was I have decided uh to leave my partner, right? It's not I'm thinking about this, uh I'm not sure, I'm you know, there's doubt. Um this person writing in uh has made a decision, you know. Right. And at that point, uh, I mean, and look, uh, I mean, I get it splitting up is scary you know uh thinking about there there are probably lots of people who hear that letter and just be like oh what an awful person for even thinking about that and no you have to think about your economic security you have to think about kind of um you know being able to live on your own but you know it doesn't sound like this is a situation where there's a threat of poverty it sounds like this is about you know kind of inconvenience for a little while Um, Maybe not hitting exact savings goals that you have. Uh, But that's, to me, not enough to uh, justify just being living in deception with someone for six months. Right, right. uh, If
0: it were a question of, like, I wouldn't be able to find a place to live without this money, that might be a different question. But it
1: doesn't seem that Yeah, and people make decisions. I mean, you know, it's a scary thing, you know? Uh, So. Uh, that's, you know, it's, it's not horrible to think about the pragmatic realities, but if you can afford to live on your own, even within slightly decreased circumstances, um, you know, for, uh, uh for that brief while, uh, you owe it to that person and, and to yourself because it'll also just poison you kind of trying to hide that and have that just, you know, in you, um, for that next six months as you're living with this person pretending to be their partner.
0: Right, right. It is really interesting. One thing I think I've learned from this column that I don't know that I realized uh, beforehand was how often divorce for people is really financially ruinous. Um, Like Mm -hmm. how much of the stress from divorce comes from just the nightmare of separating out your money and paying lawyers and like you know people using money kind of as a weapon um and the ways in which it can just like tank your savings
1: absolutely and 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 that's why i say you know i don't i don't fault this person for thinking about that um but again i didn't i didn't get from the the text at least uh, a sense of economic panic or I, I don't know where if i'll be able to have a, a home for my kids or something like that right um right, i right. got sort of i want to hit this savings goal which i understand but uh, I, I think that might be something you have to – you have to just kind of give yourself six months where you're not going to do that because you're right. I, living I think, your true life that you really want to live, you know? Right.
0: It's the line that sticks out to me, it would take me years to save that much on my own. But mm. that also means, like, you could save that much on your own. Yeah. Like, it would take yeah. a longer time, but it's not decades. It's not never. Um, if If you're not going to be ruined by leaving this relationship, mm-hmm. I think you will – It will be better for your partner who, even if you don't love them anymore, I think, like, this is something you can do for them that would not mean, like, if six months from now you said I'm leaving and I've been wanting to for a while or they started to realize, like, wow, looking back, like, the last six months you were really checked out, um, that would be maybe really painful for them to think, like, oh, you just wanted to stick around for the savings. And if
1: somebody gets a sense that you're kind of making these plans, uh, you know, uh, then they go into kind of, you know planning mode of the adversarial mode. I mean it's just it's just a bad scene generally.
0: Right. I'm I'm curious cuz they say that it, that this is their partner so I'm wondering if they're maybe not like married and there's kind of a question of if I leave when I leave I don't know how we're going to divide our assets um and and that's maybe difficult. I don't know if you have legal representation um or somebody who can kind of help you look out for your own financial interests you know even if you weren't married like you should you know, find out as much as you can about a division of assets when you guys end this relationship. But, yeah, I think if you're not interested in spending the rest of your life in front of a TV every night not talking, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that you have done, like, your due diligence in trying to repair the relationship. I'm not going to tell you, like, have you considered going to couples counseling or try yeah, harder? Like, you sound, years, so,
1: yeah, sound like 13
0: years. Yeah, you sound done. I'll, I'll take you at your word for that. And I think the best thing you can do for both of you guys is, is just end it now. Um, because even six months of spending every night in front of the TV, not talking sounds, well, actually that kind of sounds awesome, but, um, if you don't (laughs) like it, then you shouldn't do it. I mean, yeah.
1: And, and, and you'll feel so much happier once you make that decision and, and put it out there.
0: Right. Right. And actually, I guess the best thing would be sitting in front of the TV every night and talking, um, I, I am an inveterate TV talker, which I realize um, alienates me from a huge subset of the population. Now, see, I want we to haven't apologize. watched
1: TV together. That's something we need to do together because I am also We're a absolutely TV
0: going to. And, yes, yes. I, like, I, I've got it under control now. I understand if I'm with people who don't like to talk during movies or TV. Like, I'm not a monster. I can shut my mouth. Um, but the thing that brings me the greatest joy is to watch TV and hold a conversation at the exact same time. Unless it's something that I, like, really need to focus on. Um, like... An episode of The Simpsons I've seen a hundred times before. Then it's pure silence. All right. So uh, leave your partner, end it now, you know, s- start your own savings account and, you know, go out and do all the stuff that you've been wanting to do the last 13 years that you haven't because you guys have been sitting in front of the TV. And
1: it'll it'll be scary, but it'll be awesome.
0: Can I also make a plug for something? I'm mm. just realizing it's right now. It's your
1: show. It's not up to me.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your permission. I feel like I sometimes get these questions from people and, like, maybe before you're at the point where you leave your partner, if 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 somebody's doing something all the time that you just hate, like, you don't have to do it, too. Like, if you're married to someone and you're just in, like, a huge friggin' rut or in a partnership and all they want to do is watch TV, like, if you need to, you can just say, hey, I'm going to go out. Like go out. Don't mm-hmm. don't just default to the lowest common denominator because it's what they want to do. Like it is okay to like say you seem really happy sitting at home watching TV tonight. Cool, I'm gonna go out. Um, if nothing else, that will make you slightly less miserable when you do leave them. I don't know. I, I think it's sometimes great to remember you don't have to just sit at home every night if the person who lives with you does that.
1: No, not just because of that.
0: I mean, again, I please don't mistake me. Uh, I love TV, but
1: you don't <laughs> have to watch it. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All
0: right. Uh, This one makes me furious. I just want to warn you right now. You're going to have to hold me back. Uh, The subject line, yeah, the subject line of this one is just, I'm tired. I have a lovely partner who I've been with for the last six years. Overall, things are great, but one problem persists. He likes to wake me up when I'm sleeping. Usually this happens when he gets home from a late shift, and he thinks it's cute to kiss me awake and ask about my day when I'm in a deep sleep. Or he will fall asleep on the couch watching TV, only to come up to bed and wake me with a question like, why did you leave me downstairs? Once he wakes me up, I have a really hard time falling asleep, whereas he can fall asleep anywhere instantly and is impossible to wake up. I've asked him many times to stop, but he seems to think it is cute and or harmless, but it drives me crazy. What else can I do to drive my point home? He's a very empathetic guy normally. How can I phrase my request so that he might empathize? I think you should kill him. (laughs) i'm sorry i feel so strongly about not waking somebody up especially when they've told you repeatedly not to do it like it just do you know what i mean like when somebody wakes you up and you're not ready it just awakens like the animal part of your brain it's like something is trying to keep me from sleep and i will do anything to get back
1: yeah no i believe me i feel you hey i i I, I had twins my children (laughs) awaken that instinct in me so Yeah. yeah i i i yeah, I I I don't even know how to approach this question because, I'm I don't know the mentality of this. Um, it's a, it's a he, right? That's doing this. That's waking this person right. up. Yes, right. um, I don't understand the mentality that he has. That once once they've asked once twice, then don't wake them up. So I don't know how you get through to a person who still does that. And I don't I don't I, I almost don't believe. When this person says he's a really empathetic guy normally, (laughs) why why this one thing?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I can, to a certain extent, like, I understand there've definitely been times in relationships when I thought I was doing something really funny, and eventually the person I was seeing had to say, it actually really bothers me, and I want you to knock it off. Yeah. But the idea of doing it repeatedly after that, especially about something, like, as important as sleep. I exactly, love sleep. Exactly, um, I exactly. don't think you should murder him. I need to stop advising people to commit murder on this podcast. No, um, I mean, I that, don't that, think that's,
1: that's, that's, that's literal, uh, torture though. I mean, not, I, it, I, I don't <laughs> know that this instance is, but an exaggerated version of this is like, you know, what they do to people they, they detain, right? It's like, like, you can't sleep when you want, need to sleep and want to sleep. I'm going to wake you up. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, yeah, it's, there's something deep in you that, that, uh, that, that, messes with, I think. And uh, you you are not wrong to have a a violent reaction to that, I think. So Um, I
0: think there's kind of two things that I would advise this person to do, none of which involve murder. Um, And I want to hear if you think that this makes sense or seems reasonable. Um, One of which is, uh, you know, you want to try to have this conversation when you're both awake, because... Like, when you're getting woken up in the middle of the night, like, you react really reflexively. You might be really angry. You might say things that aren't helpful um, just because you're so upset. And I think it's a really good idea to have this conversation during the daytime. Um, and to phrase it as a question, like, can you help me with this? Like, you wake me up a lot. And I've told you when you do that, it's hard for me to fall back asleep It's irritating. It's painful. It's bewildering. I don't like it. It ruins my sleep for the rest of the night. I'm tired the next day. And I've asked you repeatedly to stop. When I tell you all of this and you still do it, I don't understand. Can you explain to me what you're getting out of this, that you would repeatedly wake me up when I have asked you not to, knowing that it's going to like make the next day really difficult for me? Like, can you help me understand why? And Uh, You know, I don't have enormously high hopes for that conversation, but really, like, let him sit in that discomfort and kind of try to say, like, let him try to think through, like, wow, what am I getting out of this? Why am I, like, on some kind of sadistic level enjoying, like, distressing you um, and pretending that it's cute when I know that it's not? And depending on how that goes, like... You might be able to have a meaningful conversation depending on like his answer might not be great. It might be, oh, it's not that big a deal. You're over exaggerate. You're exaggerating. You're overreacting. Um, I think you need to assume that as long as he's not going to stop, you need to set a really firm boundary. So it might be something like I've asked you not to do it. I want you not to do it. If you do it again, I'm going to leave the house and sleep somewhere else. And I'm yeah. going to do that until I can trust you to act like an adult and let me sleep. Um, and I know that that's kind of drastic. Um, but I also think, like, if he doesn't respond to questions, if he doesn't respond to requests, if you try to have that conversation, he doesn't respond well to that, like, you need to think through, like, where can I go to get a full night's sleep? And, like, maybe that will only happen to have, have to happen a couple of times before he gets it through his head. Maybe uh, it's going to continue to happen and you'll have to think through, like, is this a person I want to sleep with? Like, I just think like letting somebody sleep, sleep in with. peace is such a <laughs> such a meaningful gift. Like I, I can't imagine why you would take that away from them if they told them <laughs> told you it bothers them. Yeah, like go to a hotel if you can afford it. Uh, go to a friend's house if you can. Go to your like a family like a sister or a brother's house. Like somebody that you know will let you sleep all night. Yeah, and sleep there because you know. Th- that yeah is, yeah you're gonna eventually kill him you know <laughs> like eventually you will be so sleep deprived that he will wake you up and without thinking you will just like push him out a window
1: yeah see i i, I, I would even just skip the uh the, the the asking him uh stage you know because he's not gonna have anything <laughs> useful to say i think it's you know just like one morning you know or one evening depending on what works for you before bed or or after you guys wake up um You know, change your routine. You know, if you guys usually wake up together and whatever, brush your teeth together, whatever, have breakfast, you know, change it up, get up before him, something, you know, break into his routine and sit there and, you know, look at him and be like, look, you know, I don't feel well this morning. It's because I didn't sleep last night, you know, and, and like you were saying, you know, just say this is just stress how serious this is and tell him I can't keep doing this and I'm going to sleep somewhere else. If this happens again. Think, I was starting
0: it, to think that you were going to recommend that like the letter writer wake their partner up like retaliation. I, this is much better.
1: <laughs> no, because uh, the I don't thing think is you should retaliate. A, it's, it's not the same for everybody. I mean, I'm for me. I'm the same way. Like sleep is my sleep can be fucked up very easily. I'm, I'm, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> my sleep can be messed up very easily. And uh, I, I, you know, but not everybody's like that. You know, I've certainly had partners where like, you know, They just go right back to sleep and no big deal. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so it might not hit this guy. Um, Right. But
0: that's what's so frustrating about this is like the letter writer says, like, I've told him that I don't like this. I've told him that I have trouble falling back asleep. Like, this is not like, oh, he's laboring under like a false impression. He knows that the letter writer doesn't like this.
1: Yeah, but I think I think there is something to be said for sort of both interrupting your normal routine and really stressing, uh, uh, stressing this as you're saying when you're awake, rather than just kind of saying, "Hey, don't do this when yep. you're when you're sleeping." And like you're saying, uh, just making clear that there are going to be consequences. Of course, the the thing is, you know, the the, the letter writer has to be clear whether in uh, uh, in their mind how far they're going to go. You know, is this somebody that right. you care so much about and that you're so into that you know you're going to keep putting up with this? You know or mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And you got to kind of, that that's really what's at the core. And I think, of so you got to sort that out, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I think even more than th- calling this a consequence, because I think one, one trap that you want to try to avoid, and I realize this is a little hypocritical because I told you to murder him earlier, um, is it's not punishment, right? You're not saying like, because you're such a shitty partner, I'm going to punish you by withdrawing. What you're doing is stating a need. And the need is uninterrupted night to me, yeah but
1: to me i don't Um, mean when i say consequence i don't mean necessarily punitive i just mean the the result for sure you know uh,
0: right right i'm just kind of thinking through how this conversation could possibly go a bit wrong and trying to anticipate that so just like make it really clear i'm not doing this um to get back at you. I'm not doing this because I want to hurt you. I'm doing this because it seems like this is the only way that I can get a full night's sleep. Exactly. I would love to do that in our bed with you. Yeah. It seems like that's not possible right now. So until it is, I'm going to sleep somewhere else. And, you know, if his response to that is to kind of get it together and knock it off, great. You guys can kind of have some more conversation about your dynamic and, and move on. Um, and if he doesn't, I got to say, this kind of feels like a deal breaker to me. It sounds exactly, like it happens a lot. Exactly. It, this is not like a little thing. This is like, no, I need my sleep. Every night. If you you know, can't I mean, let I it's me do your that, brain.
1: <laughs> Ugh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sleep is such a need. It's like breathing and eating. Like you can't, you can't go without it. Especially when it's just to talk about your day. My day is over. It's night now. Don't ask me about my day. The day already happened.
1: You're not valuing the other person's health. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a pretty big effing thing, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, this I sorry. I wasn't ex- expecting to spend like this much time on this letter, but it's just <laughs> really I'm angry just like secondhand imagining someone doing that to me. Um, we would be broken up. It would be over if it happened yeah, like oh three yeah, times. Oh yeah. It would be done with the lucky land slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Nice and easy. This next letter is just about someone who discovered their husband betrayed them after he died. You want to read this one?
1: Sure. Um, The subject is better to know. I thought my husband and I were doing better in our marriage before he died. Therapy seemed to be working. He was more attentive and we were closer than we had been in a decade. His death devastated me, more so when I found a secret cell phone among his personal effects My husband had been having a year-long affair with a dear friend. She was married and begging him to leave me while we were in marriage counseling. My husband was trying to break it off when he died. I haven't told anyone. I want to weep, to rage, to stop grieving for a life that was a lie. My quote-unquote friend came to the funeral in tears and hugged me. I found out that she and her husband are trying to have a baby now. I can't stand the thought that she gets to waltz away without a care. Her husband is a decent man and deserves to know exactly what kind of person he is married to. Um, I wish I knew the truth before my husband died. Uh, at least then my heart wouldn't be twisted like this. Should I tell him or am I spreading my pain around? I don't know what to do.
0: Mm. It's been a while since a letter just produced a big gut groan out of me. And this one, this one got it. Um, this is awful this is the worst. This is not one of those situations where I feel like I can say, oh, but you like still had a really good last year together and that was meaningful. No, this is just the worst. It was based on a lie. Like your reaction makes a lot of sense to me. Um, This is horrifying. Like this is twin betrayals and now your husband is dead and you can't fight with him about it. Um, I I cannot imagine that type of like impotence and rage and desolation
1: well okay i'll 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 give a slightly differing opinion yes gimme um, let's fight uh which is this and uh, um a lot of people cheat a lot of people have cheated and uh in every instance that it's happened in every marriage that it's happened in every relationship that it's happened um it has not invalidated everything else that has been in the relationship right and so um uh maybe it was very real this this uh kind of uh increasing rec- reconciliation between them and this increasing closeness between them and uh i'm sure that um uh there are real memories there and uh you know um that that they had some very beautiful things together and i don't think that you you have to feel like it's uh you know um i, I there's a lot of conflicting feelings when someone dies and i don't think you have to feel like you're not you're not allowed to remember that or you're not allowed to kind of honor that um right but uh you know she has she has a specific question about you know and it it does sound uh, i'm I'm sorry i'm assuming it's a she i don't know that maybe i'm wrong Mm -hmm. um the letter writer has a specific question um about uh you know whether she should tell uh uh this woman's husband right And uh, what what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think the the one thing, thinking back to what you were just saying, is, like, the one thing that makes this particularly painful is it wasn't just that it was an affair. It was an affair with her best friend.
1: Yeah. So that,
0: you know, that affects so many of her interpersonal interrelationships. Like, that affects her ability to trust the people close to her. Uh, That's really heavy. And I think that that's part of what makes this a little different from just he was having an affair, but in other ways things were getting better. This is, like, someone I really trusted. I— I think I I, would—I'm not sure if this is a a firm position yet, so let me talk through this and I'll see how I feel at the end. I don't think she should tell the husband, in part because I think, like, the level of intensity you're feeling right now is so heavy that I don't know if you could say it in a way that was not, like, maximally devastating to him, right? Like, based on this letter— which just, like, you know, screams with pain, I think it would be really difficult for you to say that to him in a way that was not going to cause you both more pain further down the line. But I do think that you can and should tell your friend, right, who I think in a lot of ways, like, that's the person you need to speak to, um, in no small part because, like, she was asking him to, hmm. like, you know, start a marriage with her, Um And, you know, I I don't know that you should do it right now. I think to wait until you are able to have a conversation without like really losing it emotionally or worried that you might do something that you would regret later. Um, So maybe you can't do it in person. Maybe you have to write to her Um, and to just state really plainly without going into detail about what you think of her um because because i want you to be able to just say what you need and get out right like i don't want you to get trapped in this back and forth where you just unleash a lot of invective on her and then mm-hmm. feel better in the moment and then later feel weighed down but to just say you know i know you were having an affair with my husband um i know that you wanted him to leave me um this has you know it is impossible for me to continue a friendship with you. Um, I you know I I can't see you anymore. Um I, I I can't trust you. Um I'm not necessarily going to like tell anyone, but like if someone asks me or approaches me, I'm not going to lie. Um and I think that's really fair. You're not going out of your way to cause destruction, but you're also letting her know like now that I know what I know, um I'm going to set a boundary between the two of us because I don't trust you. Um and I'm not going to lie for you. I'm not going to go out of my way to cause you harm, but I will not keep your secret. Um, I will not protect you like that. Um, and you, now that you have that information, you can decide, maybe you'll tell your husband on your own, maybe you won't, but that's your choice and you get to live with that. Um, and I, th-
1: <laughs> I can't, uh, he needs to know. Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Hit me with it. Hell yeah. I mean, they're, they're about to have a baby together, right? They're trying to have a baby together and She's saying, you know, as far as she knows, he's a decent guy, whatever. Um, uh, I think that, and and there is a question of justice there. I don't care if it's petty, you know, to say, um, as she says, that this other woman gets to just waltz off. Um, and, you know, um, not only kind of having done what she's done to her best friend, but uh, just basically spinning this lie of a life with her husband, you know, when you she's know, been th- trying to good- get this other guy... And and she should just be allowed to kind of go forward doing that. I don't know. Right. Man. I mean, I think. Yeah. I think. I think she has. Every. I don't think it. But it's exactly as you say. I don't think it should be invective. I don't think it should be. I think some some very plain a plain statement of the facts via a letter. You know. Yeah. Or um, yeah. I don't know about an email. Maybe it needs to be a paper letter even. Um, but that's right. in in text somehow. It doesn't have to be direct. You know contact i think now i think there is the question and and this is you know with these letters you don't know the the contours of somebody's friendship these could be people who uh these could be two women who have been friends for 30 years and right have had and gone through all sorts of things together that i'm not going to say automatically they're never they'll never be friends i know it sounds crazy to say that but you don't you don't Mm -hmm. know what dynamics people have so i mean to me the question of whether you want to talk to your friend first and say look i found out about this And whatever that means for, you know, you and her to say, Mm -hmm. if you're not going to tell your husband, I'm going to, you might do that. But you, if you feel like you need to just, you know, you don't ever want to speak to this other woman again or ever have Mm -hmm. any contact with her again, but you feel like ethically this other person, this other, this man should know, you know, then you have every right to just not say boo to your friend, ex-friend ever again. And to just let this other person know what's going on and then to go build, you know, what life you can now knowing everything you know and you know you can build a life you know
0: no and that's a good point too i forgot you know she says this woman was a really close friend which presumably means she at least somewhat knows the husband right like if they have a kind of friendly relationship um i imagine like just as you wish someone had told you um he you know especially because you were yeah so actually I, i totally agree with you um you know you were in that situation you knew how painful it was to find out after the fact um and and you're you you would rather know than not know um you know you have the opportunity now to save him the pain of finding out like and especially if you know the problem of family
1: you know i mean right right that's that's he, somebody should know that before
0: yep 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 and whatever they decide to do with that information i don't think right. you should worry about that or try to get involved yep, like yep, yep. um i know there's going to be a real desire for punishment and retribution on your side and like sometimes people when they hear information like that they end it and sometimes they clam up and bury their head in the sand and they say i don't want to think about it let's just move on um and i just encourage you like once you give them that information to just focus on taking care of yourself like you're going through so many different forms of grief right now i know you said therapy seemed to be working when your husband was still alive i hope you are going to therapy by yourself now because you deserve it like think of it as like a massage that you are getting like you deserve therapy because you've been put through some uniquely painful situations Um, But yeah, yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think he does deserve to know, especially if they're going to be having a baby. And I would certainly want to know. So, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And I think, you know, because you ask, like, should I tell or am I spreading my pain around? Really try to focus on keeping it as like factual and and non emotional as you can. because it sounds like a part of you is.
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Yeah, just like, it sounds like you're kind of worried. Am I doing this out of a desire to hurt? Um, Am I doing this to be cruel? And if that's a concern for you, I think to just focus on putting something in writing that is just here are the facts. Um, And that way you will be able to like ameliorate that concern a little bit because you're not calling and saying like, you're a terrible friend, you're a terrible person, your husband should know, um, which is stuff you might later come to regret, even if you felt it genuinely at the time. And I don't want you to have any regrets about this. I don't want you to feel like, oh God, do I owe her an apology? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to ever have to apologize to this woman
1: i mean my thing is you know yes it's true you don't want to act in any way uh out of a desire to hurt this person or or get kind of revenge that won't mostly because it won't work you know (laughs) um leaving aside the ethical question but uh but but also you don't need to feel um motivated to protect people you know i mean to me i read that also as much like uh should i not be spreading my pain around and Mm. uh you know there's no reason for all this to be on you you're not the person who who did this, you know, right? And uh, and you're and um, yeah. I think I think having the truth out there is not something you should feel guilty about.
0: Right. No, that's a really good point. You didn't create the situation. You're not like stirring up controversy for the sake of doing so. Like you were given information that you were not ready for. Um, and I think let this be a reminder to everyone who's having an affair: try not to die in the middle of it, because. <laughs> It hurts hide people. hide
1: your secret cell phone. I shouldn't say
0: that. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of it. It's just, yes, no, it's, you know, <sighs> you don't think that you'll die in the middle of doing something. Yeah, um, yeah. And and it hurts people incredibly. Um, yeah. Man. Oh, my friend, my friend. Um. I wish so much that we had a question that was just like, should I have a sandwich today?
1: <laughs> I know. That was uh, some emotionally intense stuff there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next time that you come on the show, I promise they're all going to be just fun questions about like, I found a million dollars. Uh, which one of my friends' student loans should I pay off first?
1: No, I like this was fun. And I, ne- I never do anything, you know, uh, advice. That's fun.
0: Well, my friend, thank you so much for coming and handling all these incredibly thorny issues. Uh, I hope that you find a million dollars and eat a sandwich later today.
1: <laughs> I really hope I do too. And I hope you do too. Um, thanks right. for having me, Mallory.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, get out of here. I want to leave you with this last bit of advice that hopefully wraps up everything that we've just tackled over the last hour uh, and makes you feel comforted and at ease. Uh, And that is this don't wake your partner up when they're sleeping. If you learned nothing else today, when somebody is sleeping, leave them alone. The following exceptions are acceptable if you are waking someone up from a deep sleep. They are on fire. End of list. Leave them alone. If it is a child sleeping, leave the child alone. If it is an adult sleeping, leave the adult alone. If you have a really important question you need to ask, wait until it's daytime. Uh, If you want to know how their day was, guess you know, just sit quietly and think about what they might have done. You're smart. You can probably think of a few possibilities. Um, And if they're only a little bit on fire, frankly, try to put it out yourself. Um, Only wake them up if it's absolutely necessary. Just don't do that to people. The only people that I'm going to give a pass to on this are babies. You wake people up but you don't mean to it's just because you don't know how to tell us what you need so you have to scream until we can guess um which frankly i don't think is a great system uh, i would love it if babies could sort of get together and reassess their technique um but i respect their process uh, i have a lot of respect for babies i think they're doing the absolute best they can they don't even have fine motor skills and they usually don't have shoes on so they're working you know with a lot of disadvantages. Um, You know, you can't even keep your neck up, babies. Like you're really out there living the struggle, trying to learn how to keep your neck up because you have no neck muscles yet. Um, So you guys can keep waking people up. Everybody else, knock it off. Let people go to bed. Let them sleep. And uh, if that's it, that's all I got. Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Audrey Dilling. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts. And Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of Panoply. Remember, you can always hear more Prudence by joining Slate Plus. Go to slate.com plus to sign up. If you like this show, please go to iTunes and write us a review. Reviews help new listeners find the podcast. And then they ask us questions and the beautiful cycle continues. If you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR, that's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice.